You're listening to the Popzara Podcast. The State of Gaming. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Popzara Podcast. This is your host, Nathan Evans, talking about video games, talking about video game sales and figures and fun. That's right. It's the State of Gaming. It's Popzara's own gaming-centric podcast because you need to get your news from us because it's not available anywhere else. What's up, everybody? This is Nathan Evans, co-host of the State of Gaming podcast, back once again to talk about all that stuff I just blurbed about. And for that, we need our special guest, my player number two, never number one, because number one is not good enough for him. Mr. Senior Games Editor himself, Mr. Corey Gallagher. Corey, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking about some video games. <laughs> how, was, how was my pronunciation? It was delight to feel. <laughs> Sometimes when I, I, I say Corey's name, I put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, and that just drives him up the wall. It drives me up the wall because I don't mean to do it, because it's my brain rebelling. He, he totally means to do it. <laughs> it's like, this is what happens when you grow up playing Japanese games that speak English. Like, you, you just get a different view of the world. Uh, anyway, I apologize about that, everybody, uh, if, I, if I contributed to the meme of mispronunciation, but I will say this. Moving forward, Corey, this is November. We're talking about November 2021, which is technically the biggest game, biggest month of the year for gaming. I would say you would agree, as far as as far as just the glut of releases. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, we have the holiday season coming up, so we're going to release a bunch of stuff right now, and that way, all those parents with all their money, I mean, theoretically, can spend it on video games. But thanks to the ongoing supply chain crisis, um, we'll see how that actually works out. It is interesting now if you think about it, because the, the quote unquote supply supply chain crisis means you've got to be satisfied with what you've got. Yep. And unless you're willing to go out there armed and loaded for bear to your local gas station to pick up a <clears throat> PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X or S, I'm just kidding, nobody's going to gas stations for S. But I'll say this, you got to be happy with what you got. And I think I think looking at this list, I think, I think we can both agree, pretty much every major thing is supported pretty well. Everybody's got something to play and be happy with. Let's start talking about the big stuff. Uh, the way we usually do it, we talk about the biggest games of the month, then we talk about some numbers, and then we talk about everything else. So let's begin. So, Corey, what are the biggest games of November 2021? Well, there's quite a few of them, so I've got to go through them pretty quickly. Um, I think the first one, maybe the most impactful that we'll talk about, is probably the release of the multiplayer beta for Halo Infinite. I mean, it's finally out. Yeah, well, the multiplayer is out in any case. The campaign, I think, is next month. Either way, the interesting thing about this, maybe the most interesting thing, is that this is a free game. You pay for the campaign, you do not pay for the multiplayer, and we're not even talking Game Pass. We're talking completely free. So you don't even need Game Pass. You could just anybody, any, any. Just go on, go on Steam, go on your Xbox, and pick it up if you want to play it. It's so weird because when people usually say Game Pass and free, they don't understand the, how subscriptions work. But what you're telling me is anybody, you, know, you don't need Game Pass. No, just go ahead and hop on Steam right now if you feel like playing it. Steam. What a world we live in. Tell us about it. So Halo Infinite, the game that what I know about it is that it's been delayed for years. It was supposed to be a launch title with the Xbox One X. Didn't happen. It was supposed to be come out last year. Didn't happen. Is And it's finally available in some form. You can finally play Halo Infinite, yes. A little version of it. So what's going on? So tell, tell us about Halo Infinite. It's Halo. It is, uh, it's the multiplayer of Halo. Um, you can get your friends together. You can play it. Uh, you can play over the internet. You can play locally. It is Halo. Um, that means it is a relatively high time to kill shooter compared to something like Call of Duty. It is an excellent game for people who do not play, who do not play a lot of video games. You can sit pretty much anybody in front of Halo and they will figure it out and enjoy it very quickly. And this version of it, I mean, the price is right. No reason not to give it a shot. 
What's going on with the visuals? Because everyone, everyone and their, their grandmother were really, really upset that certain things didn't look right. Have they been rectified in this version? I'm going to be honest. I was never one of those people who cared much about the puddles in Spider-Man, so I think the game looks fine. I always thought the game looks fine. What's that character that everyone made fun of? Was it Craig? Was that it? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't. You know how people online, they will find the low point of anything, and they will create a meme out of it, and they will distort it beyond all comprehension that it's the world it's the world ending bug that you should know about if you uh i mean really what it boils down to is people tend to people want to try to give off this air of them being connoisseurs like oh my taste is so refined that the slightest issue with these textures means i couldn't possibly enjoy it it's ruined you know which is ironic because if you if you were to reverse the lens and look at these people that are so astute and so um refined you'd, you'd find that they are nothing of the sort <laughs> Yeah, that, in their own personal lives. Especially in the world of video games, like, nah. <laughs> it, it, I, you know, I'll point out, for instance, that uh, another one of the games on our list here, Grand Theft Auto, the Trilogy Definitive Edition. Apparently, this is a slap in the face, one of the worst games ever made. How terrible, blah, 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 blah. And I'm over here playing San Andreas on PS5. I'm like, man, this is great. Loving it. Uh, we may have a different opinion on that one. But I'll, I'll, but going back to Halo Infinite, though, uh, from what you can tell me, everyone can go check it out if you have the appropriate hardware, which yep. it turns out to be, unless you have a PlayStation or a Switch, it turns out you pretty much already have the hardware. Yeah, like so, even, like even I, I would say you don't even need a very powerful PC. I mean, it's Halo. It'll run on pretty much anything. We'll see. How, well, like I said, we'll have to we'll have to wait till the final game comes out to give a uh, to give our final verdict. But let's let's just move on and say Halo Infinite is not living up to its name. It's finally coming. It's here in some part. Enjoy it. Play it. Yeah, at so, the very least, the multiplayer is excellent. So that's what we've got so far. And I and I will say this: uh, Are we are we confident to say that the way they're releasing Halo Infinite is a direct result of things like Fortnite and Roblox and Call of Duty Warzone, and that this might be the future of this genre, like free to play? And page you go. I would say that's probably accurate. Yeah, um, it would be difficult for a game like Halo Infinite to compete with something like Warzone that was, that is free if you had to pay for it. So it makes sense. Right. Or even Destiny in some in some respect. Which would be I, I believe, yeah, I believe you can play a significant portion of Destiny for free at the moment. All right. Well, moving on. So other big games in November 2021. Let's just get to the obvious. Let's let's go from there. All right. We talked about GTA the trilogy. Um, it sounded like you didn't like it very much. Well, it's not that. It's not that I didn't like it very much. It's just that uh, I have a problem with this, and I was discussing this with someone, and it has nothing to do with the games. From what I understand, with the exception of bugs and glitches, which are normal when, when you port stuff, there's there's something else going on, I think, with the GTA trilogy that I don't think gets enough play. And I don't think it merits a whole huge discussion, but a comment. Full disclosure, you do have uh, you are working on a review of the game. Yep. And for those listening, we did not rush out a review of this game for two reasons. One... It clearly wasn't ready for prime time when it was released. Let's just be clear about this. The game had some unfortunate quirks and peccadillos. I, I have to say I was a little shocked when I first booted up my uh, my yeah. Series X, and uh, there is a performance mode and a, fide- a performance and fidelity mode, well, and uh, the Xbox Series X cannot run the game at full fr- <laughs> FPS in perform- and fidelity mode. It's well, uh, This is a game even, from like 1997. I think it would be 2000. 2000 I, I rounded up. 2001. Yeah, I, I rounded up. It's fine. 1997, yeah. I see what you did there. No, but uh, even I think even Rockstar admitted that the game wasn't ready to go. I think they pulled it from stores to, to po- polish it up. Right. That being said, though, um, I would say for those who are too old to remember, but the Grand Theft Auto original trilogy was a phenomenon, like on par with the Marvel films, on par with the Star Wars films. In the video game world, I would argue, Corey, that Grand Theft Auto pushed the gaming industry forward in many important ways. Yeah, I, I probably so. You know, and to, to which we still feel, by the way, uh, they took it legitimately as an art. I know you don't like using the word art form, 
But narratively speaking, Grand Theft Auto revolutionized the way we look at video game stories. Um, it was it went from giant swords and dragons to well, let's just say Martin Scorsese ripoffs. Uh, that being said, from what I learned about this, the reason the game may have struggled is that the 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 company that ported the game because it was not Rockstar Prime that did it. Uh, Rogue I don't know Street if, Games did the port. Yeah, them. I believe this version is actually based on a port of the mobile versions, like the iPhone versions. The that versions. is correct, so far as I know. But that that itself was based on another port of the original PlayStation 2 versions for the Xbox. Yep. So we're getting port of port of port. Anytime you mimeograph something enough, it it deadens it. But that's not my point. The point is, let's be fair. We like Rockstar. I think they're one of the, the best game developers ever. I think they take their time. I think the results usually speak for themselves. Um, they've become a little money grubby lately, but you know what? If the, if the cash register is open, take some money. But that being said, they didn't make this game. And this is a port of a port of a port. I think our good friends at Digital Foundry did all the, the, the who's and the testings, and I think they found out this is an Unreal Engine 4 game. The game was not built on Unreal Engine. The game was not made by these people. What we're doing, Corey, is you're getting games that are made by people who didn't develop the engine, didn't develop the tools, didn't develop the characters, didn't develop the game. They're basically following directions that they didn't create. Right. And when you have that sort of fourth, fifth generation away from the source, you're going to have stuff like this because they simply don't care. And I think that the glitch that really got me most of all was the, was they're using upscaling AI to translate words, and no one even bothered to check if the words were spelled correctly. Like, there was just absolutely no care given to this whatsoever. And I think we're going to see more of this. I think we're going to see more of this game, uh, these type of games that are put through filters and said, this is art. And it's not. And I think this is where your argument wins, is that you have three magnificent... Let's be honest. The three Grand Theft Auto games in the collection are awesome. I think everyone would agree. Do you disagree? No, they're all pretty solid games, for sure. I think... Uh, what's your favorite? Is it San Andreas? San Andreas, definitely. By the way, I think that's on Game Pass, too. It is. Um, that being said, though, anytime you have this sort of uh, manhandling, it's going to make the actual experience look bad. And I think we could be having a situation where they could be fixed, but I don't know yet. I think Rockstar already relented, and they're going to re-release the original versions of the games. So I think I think it's pretty much a given that that this wasn't necessarily a superfluous complaint. I think the games were broken, and I think the experience wasn't where it was supposed to be. And I think um, someone paying for something called Definitive Edition when the company removed all other versions is a little specious. I think we'll have to wait and see about this one. But from what I've seen, Corey, I couldn't recommend people buy the the definitive edition until they get their act together. Like, just from my personal perspective. I mean, based on what I've played of San Andreas and the PS5 and the Xbox One, uh, Xbox Series X, it's fine. Like, I, I learned long ago not to take the term definitive edition seriously at all when it comes to video games. But, um, if, yeah, but... uh, you know, if you liked these games previously, uh, don't listen to Reddit. They're not ruined. It's still fine. It, the fact that they removed the other versions is kind of goofy. Not a big fan of that. It's not unprecedented either. Well, it just feels crazy, though, because you have a PlayStation 5 and you have the Xbox Series X. You have, a, you have a nice, beefy PC. There's no reason why these games shouldn't run like butter on a hot stove. Like, these games should be running at 8K, you know, at 120 frames a because, second. Yeah, exactly, because they are older games, and these are pretty powerful systems that we have these days, and they should be fine. You're right. The unfortunate fact of the matter, though, is that they are what we got. Certainly, yeah. we haven't heard much indication from Rockstar or from Grove Street, Ga Grove Street Games about fixing them up to work the way they should. So we have to look at what we have, uh, because it might be all we get. And from that perspective, it's fine. It's not great. It's not going to revolutionize the way you played these games. 
but I would say it's probably better than playing on PS2. They do they do have to understand, though, that going forward, though, if we're going to have games that are remastered, that are going to be rejiggered like this, it's one thing to say, you know, let's take an old movie like Taxi Driver and remaster it, and we'll remaster it in 4K. I, I don't know if you guys remember, but when DVDs was a, were a thing, when they were first coming out, uh, do you know how they actually upscaled movies for DVD? They actually went it through algorithms. They actually put it through filters. And there are versions of, like, The Predator out there where it looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger is wearing mas- mascara and rouge because they didn't know how to remaster correctly. It took a while for them to get their game on. And I'm wondering if this is how it's going to be with video games where you have third parties that had nothing to do with the creation of games that you like. And it's not like they're remaking the game. This is not a remake of Grand Theft Auto. This is a, a you know a re-release that's gone through filtering. And the experience isn't what people expected. And in some cases, it's worse. And I think, you know, I, th- I just think that this is something we're going to have to figure out going forward. If, if games are going to be cataloged and games are going to be accepted as, I know you hate it, but as an art form, they need to be respected in their original form. Or at least have that original form made available to, to them. But and but because that's not happening, that actually kind of lends credence to the idea that maybe video games aren't art. Huh? Uh, I'll just say this. Uh they're art when they're art, and they're not when they're not. And I think, I think we're we're not talking about art now. We're talking about commerce. We're talking about the Mona Lisa on a T-shirt. We're not talking about the Mona Lisa. But you know, we'll see what happens going forward. But I think I think that's enough about Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, Divinity Edition. I mean, what else could we say? Yeah. So, like I said, um, you know, I, I don't even know that I can say that Nate is wrong. If you really wanted a big, fancy, upscaled, super cool new version of these games, that is not what these are. These are acceptable not great ports but they are acceptable ports i mean you can play through the games they feel fine they play fine um the new targeting system with your guns is great i like that a lot um they removed a lot of the music i don't like that very much but well, generally you know, speaking it's fine I'll, I'll say this final comment about this whole thing it does really bring into question though like how talented the original the original developers at rockstar were that they were able to create something so unique and so pretty and so playable and so beautiful on hardware that we would we would laugh at now i mean you have more sophisticated hardware and birthday cards. But it's amazing how much of that original intent holds up and how much of it just literally could not be replaced with algorithms. Right. Like you need the hand of, you know, you need the creator's hand on this to make it work. And that's something I hope we don't forget going forward. And, and maybe GTA Definitive Edition is a is a cautionary tale about that. Let's what what it's really going to gonna come down to, hmm? just to summarize, <laughs> is... Uh, we keep talking about Grand Theft Auto. We love this game, apparently. Yep. What it really comes down to is whether or not the game sells. And it's going to sell. So um, uh, your, your concerns that this is what we're going to see going forward, the game's going to sell. I'm afraid that it is, it is what we're going to see going forward. Yeah, as long as we don't get massive censorship, I guess I'm okay with iterations. Like, um, remember Disney Plus? Uh, like, I think it was when they re- released, they had a version of the movie Splash with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. And Daryl Hannah, and there's a great scene when Hidden O'Hara, she's running down the beach towards the ocean, and her butt cheeks are flapping around. But if you watch it on Disney+, Plus, they digitally added hair, so you could not see her butt cheeks. I see. <laughs> so, a 30, a, almost a 40-year-old movie to remove butt cheeks from a mermaid movie. It's just, this is, that's a little different. Just so, remember, I mean, censorship is somebody thinking they're better than you, telling you that they can decide what you are and are not allowed to see. Please get that in mind. Exactly. And, and to be clear, I don't think we're talking censorship with this particular game. I think we're just talking about lazy, lazy porting, yeah. which is different. So moving forward, finally, goodbye, GTA. What's next? 
So let's go back to Halo for a bit and also talk about two games that released coincidentally around the same time that Halo did. Um, coincidentally? No, no, intentional, no intentions at all so, there. So I think uh, these two games released was coincidental, but then I think uh, Halo's release at the same time was definitely no coincidence. I think Microsoft knew exactly what they were doing here. Uh, we're talking about Call of Duty Vanguard and Battlefield 2042. I have played Vanguard. I have not played 2042. What I have heard about both games is that they cannot hold a candle to Halo, which is, is free. True? Is that true? Um, I've really enjoyed Halo. Um, I've played a fair amount of Vanguard's multiplayer as well, and... You know, I like it. It's fine. It's Call of Duty. Uh, I reviewed it recently in Popstar, and I basically said what I say about most Call of Duty games, which is that they're popular because they do the fundamentals really well. Uh, mm -hmm. They are solid, enjoyable first-person shooters every single time. Even the bad ones are still pretty playable. Um, the unfortunate thing is, one, it costs money to play Vanguard. Two, uh, Halo is generally better. It's extremely polished. It runs great. It's a lot of fun. You don't have to uh, you don't have to be meat for the first month or so of playing it like you do in Call of Duty. You can just get in and feel pretty good about yourself winning some matches in Halo. To be fair, um, Call of Duty has gone back and forth whether they need a campaign or not. You know you know how I follow this. I, I believe the campaign is integral. I, I think I they only skipped one campaign, didn't they? Uh, they played with the idea, and I think um, it reminds you of Quake back in the old days when Quake issued the campaign for multiplayer only. I think with Quake Three Arena. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and again, our good friend Dean Takahashi has also talked about this too. Where do you need a campaign? Do you not need a campaign? I'm firmly on the ground as if I'm paying sixty bucks, seventy bucks for a game, I want a campaign. I don't always like the multiplayer. Sometimes I want that story-driven cinematics. And can I, can I be fair here? I don't think any game on the market does it as good as Call of Duty. It is total bombast. It is total nonsense. It is it is like a Marvel movie. It right. is bonkers, and I enjoy it. And I'm really sad because I think they were going in a a great direction with some of the crazier ones. I think it was... Uh, I, I really like Black Ops 3. Yeah, like, like they get bonkers crazy. And when they always go back to World War II, I get disappointed. No offense to World War II. We're done. It's the past. Move forward. But you know what? People disagree with me. The, the Call of Duty World War II games sell better than the, the robotic buddy games. It's just it's how it works. Yep. It's commerce. Absolutely. And meanwhile, so, 2042, again, I haven't played it. Have you? Uh, I have not, but I'll say this. I've met people who have played it. I think that it's a, it, like Halo, it's kind of a beta. And it's, do you pay for it yet, or is it only insiders? I think you can purchase it and play it now. Can you, uh, from what I understand, people don't like it very much. And I don't know how much of that is given to the game itself being bad or glitchy. It certainly doesn't seem to have rubbed people the right way, but it hasn't, the, the feedback has not been good at all. Yeah, like, that's what I've definitely not heard. I've not heard many good things. That's for sure. Well, to be fair, I haven't. I'm not going to judge a game I haven't played, but there, I've never quite loved the, the Battlefield games. I've never felt like I was playing a piece of uh, a piece of entertainment that was made for me. I've always felt like I was playing an experiment, and sometimes the experiment was fun, and sometimes the experiment was bad. But it, it always felt like a series engineered to take me away from Call of Duty and to take me away from something else. And I've and I think what was the last one? Was it Battlefield One? Like the big, the last big campaign one? Was it Battlefield One, or was, it, was there something else after that? I believe it was Battlefield One. That was years ago, right? That was a, that was a while ago. It was some time ago. And that's the one with it was episodic, and you had different characters and different campaigns, mm -hmm. and it never congealed for me. It felt uncomfortable playing. I never felt like it felt like it was an obligation to play the game, and I didn't have any fun playing it. And I, I didn't really think of it. And I think maybe the world has moved on. So, and I never played the Star Wars ones either. Everyone loves the Star Wars Battlefield games. I, I just don't get into them. Yep. 
but the the idea of how many players can you play in Battlefield 2042? Is it like 100 players? How many is it? Um, I believe it is, uh, I think it's, it's a lot. It, it's a lot. Yeah, again, I haven't played it. <sighs> yeah, that doesn't sound appealing to me. Uh, but then again, I don't play Fortnite, so what do I know? But no, you haven't played it either, so I, I guess we both can't render an opinion. But let's just right. say this: the, the, the scuttlebutt on the street is that it's not a good experience. But like certainly, certainly, it's been compared quite a bit to the release of Halo, and uh, it's not been a great comparison. Well, we shall see. I mean, who, you never know. Sometimes, sometimes, the, sometimes the gamers get it right. Sometimes they get it wrong. They're often very wrong. But we'll see. But if you like it, you like it. That's the thing. Go play it yourself. Make up your own mind. We just want to let you know it's out there. It's there if you want to play it. Uh, so moving on from that, then we have Forza Horizon Five released on Game Pass last week. So let's talk about this for a second. Can we get the obvious out of the way when it comes to Forza Horizon Five? Um, it's been reviewed on Popsara. Our own Herman Exon did it. He's a big fan of the series. Yep. Uh, I believe this is the best reviewed game of the year for most people. Like, yeah, I, it's rock solid based on what I played of it. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say it's the best game of the year or it's the most exciting or it's or it should be, but this game has been massively successful critically and commercially as we'll talk about later uh which is interesting too uh i don't think anybody had forza horizon 5 pegged as a game of the year contender and i don't i don't really want to give them any oxygen but i do have to talk briefly about about them uh what's that what's that show by jeff neely keely whatever his name is is it the video game awards the game award show whatever uh, i believe it's called the game awards yeah um yeah the, sh- every, the yearly shilling thing um they didn't nominate this game for game of the year and it's been controversial because when you look at Metacritic scores, when you look at all aggregates, when you look at popularity, this game has been massively successful with everybody. And it wasn't nominated for Game of the Year. And I think the the criteria was that it wasn't a narrative-driven game. So what do you think about that? Um, You know, what they really needed to do was make it so that you played as a dad, like a dad car, (laughs) and you had like a a little kid car that you took with you on a journey, uh, an emotional, (laughs) heartfelt journey where you and your little kid car like drove around. Like, this is the story of my dad and how he always inspired me to, to get behind the wheel and drive even when the road was rough. We could just call so. it, like, Vroom. <laughs> Vroom. Yeah, season one, pass. And then you could, so. like, you know, the sequel, Vroom, part two. And then that's where the dad car gets, like, beaten up with a tire iron. And then you play as the kid car on a rampage of revenge. You know, I, I mentioned something a little bit ago. Uh, so I, was, I, I guess I can cheat a little bit before we get into it. So apparently Microsoft says that... Uh, Microsoft released that Forza Horizon 5 is the most successful launch game in Xbox history, more so than any of the Halos, any of the Minecrafts, anything. It's a real real uh, simple game to get into. I mean, people, you don't really have to, like, make any leaps of logic to understand Forza. It's a car. You drive it. Um, you could put that, in, it's a lot like Halo, however, in the sense that I could put this game in front of most people, they'll pick it up real quick. And I think that does a lot for sales. And it's not... It's not. I mean, let's be honest here. The, the Horizon games have never been like the, the the simulator game. It's not F1 racing. It's not Gran Turismo. This is a more of an arcade style lifestyle game. Like yeah. I know, I know everybody everybody who plays this game comes away with it something different. But what do you think? Like, who is this for exactly? I think it's for everybody, really. Um, unless you are a diehard dead set against playing racing games, in which case, yeah, you're not going to like it. It's not going to change your mind. Um, but if you have, if you're okay with you know car games at all, I think you'll have a good time with it. It's uh, very accessible. There's a lot to do. The graphics are great. It runs beautifully on most systems, especially on the Xbox Series X. It is mind blowing mm-hmm. on that. Um, and yeah, it's just it's really easy to get into. It's it really wants you to enjoy yourself. And let's, and the other thing is, there's just not a lot of competition. Like, it, on, I mean, there's no there's no 
like I said, there's no Gran Turismo right now. There's no there's no Formula One racers right now. There's what is it? EA makes a couple. Is Dirt still a competitor? Uh, Dirt is still a thing. There was an F1 game I want to say about three months yeah. ago. Um, but yeah, no, like there's nothing that's quite like this sort of open world racing thing right now. You are correct on that front. Yeah, and like I said, everybody seems to like this one. If you have Game Pass, it's available on Game Pass on whatever platform you have. I, is it on, uh, real quick, I know it's not really your thing, but is it available on streaming on the Xbox Game Pass? Yeah, I mean, everything is. Is it? I'm pretty so, sure, yeah. Yeah, so if you have Game Pass and you have a really, really crappy PC or Mac or Linux, God bless, uh, you can play it on You can play it on there. Actually, you should be able to play it on your phone, too, which is really weird. So, yeah, Absolutely. Not a big advocate of streaming, but if it's your only way to do it, it's not the worst way to play it's it. It's better so. than not being able to play it at all. And don't quote me on this one, but I think Microsoft upgraded their X, uh, their what are they calling it? It's uh, Game Pass streaming. What do they call it? it has I, a I don't know. I don't know. Cloud gaming. I'll just call it cloud gaming. Um, I think they upgraded their servers to be Xbox Series X. It used to be Xbox One, Xbox One S. It was terrible. Yeah, go try it out. If you have Game Pass, try it out. Try it out. Play this game. So. Yeah. All right. What is next? Uh, next up, we've got a couple of little, a couple of uh, highlights from Japan. We'll start with, uh, and they're very similar, in fact. Um, we saw the release of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which are remakes of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl for the DS. Uh, they came out on Friday. Additionally, the week prior to that, the previous Friday, we saw the Western release of Shin Megami Tensei Five, which is a very similar Pokemon style of game. Uh, a little more adult-focused. You, uh, you control demons instead of cute little monsters. Aww. Yep. Um, but I, I have reviewed SMT5. I'll be reviewing Pokemon. And suffice to say, they're both great. Pokemon is interesting in the sense that uh, it also got kind of bombed by gamers for a while there because they were playing it on an emulator before it actually came out. And it obviously <laughs> had a bunch of bugs. And they're like, oh no, how terrible. Gaming is ruined. It's a slap to the face. I'm going to go pick it Nintendo. And then, of course, the game comes out for real on the Switch, and it runs like a dream, and there's no glitches whatsoever. Yeah, how, how come how come my bootlegged game isn't running as well as it should? Right? I, I, I don't get it. It's I, It reminds me, years and years ago, there was this movie review on Rotten Tomatoes, and God, God bless, I forget the name of the movie, but it was a Mormon-themed movie about Africans. Right. So, go figure. And as you, if, I don't know if you know this or not, but you know the, the history of the Mormon religion has not always been kind to people of African descent. Um, I, I'm, being, I can't wait to hear you tie this into Pokemon, by the way. Well, the, 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 the critic gave the movie a bad review. Mm-hmm. and But he also admitted that he walked out. Yeah, he criticized the movie. He criticized the movie because he said it never addressed the racial inequity in the religion. But he also admits he went to the bathroom. Uh, if you watch the movie, they clearly address it. So he was criticizing the movie for a scene he claims wasn't there because he walked out. Right. So this then that's how it ties back to these games is that if you're playing a game on an emulator that means you're stealing the game for example. Correct. If you're if you're stealing the game and you're playing on our platform it was not designed for and you're criticizing its performance then you need to STFU because and, um, you, don't you, know, you don't have a, you don't have a say. You know, and I think it's worth mentioning that certain games uh well you actually use Shin Megami Tensei 5 as an example. I wouldn't know firsthand, but based on what I do know, um it runs beautifully on Switch emulators. That doesn't mean you should run out and steal the game immediately, but it does mean that there's a lot of room for this game to grow, and it's a little bit sad in the case of the Switch. It doesn't have the power to give it you know, the performance that it could have. Well, I'm of two minds of this. Uh, the first mind of this is that 
with the Switch, we're getting we're getting into territory that I think is foreign to a lot of modern gamers. Uh, for those who of us who have grown up uh, a long time ago, when consoles were the only way to play some of these games, we're talking back in the early 90s, you have something like the Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo. You have technology that is very, very different, using different, very different types of processors, very different types of technology. Um, I don't want to harp on this too much because people are going to go, okay, dad. But, but Corey, the, the truth of the matter is, is that console hardware is not necessarily software in that if you have a finite number of things you can play with, very, very talented developers can find ways around the limitations and really start to impress you. Right. Uh, by the end of the Sega Genesis lifestyle, you had games that would not have been possible in the first generation. Right. Um, you, had, you had hardware doing things it was never designed to do on paper. And I think we're getting that with the Switch a little bit. Uh, I don't think you get that with the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5 or the PC because, because it's, it's all about silicon. But I'm, I'm not trying to say that Doom Eternal is better on Switch. But it's kind of miraculous it's available, or something like Dying Light. And, you know what I mean, you have, you have games that run on hardware that wasn't designed for it. It's pretty miraculous. And when you simply play it on an emulator like that, you're, the emulator, as good as it is, it's not going to mimic the hardware accurately. It, there's going to be glitches. And this right. is why I think, like we saw with Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition, you simply can't put old software on new hardware and expect it to run better. It doesn't work like that. It needs to be. It needs to be optimized. So you're doing the game a disservice when you do that. You're doing yourself a disservice. There's your history lesson for today, kids. Old stuff is great. Man, you sound ancient. So along well, with that, um, yeah. yeah, along with those two monster collecting games, they're both real solid based on my experience with them. They're both absolutely worth a look. A lot of good stuff on the Switch right now, as always. Well, I think that's. I think a lot of that's because the Switch is a recipient of a lot of ports. And whereas you have the PlayStation 5, you have the Xbox Series X and everything, people are kind of expect they're not expecting pixel games, they're expecting big, bombastic games that look great. And on the Switch, um, yeah, you're not really expecting that. You're expecting content, and I think you're getting it. I think you're getting loads of content on it. So, but yeah, uh, is Shin Megami Tensei, is it coming to PC? It seems like a game that's going to come to PC. Um, so every indication is that there's going to be both a, PS, a PS4 and a PC version based on files found within the game itself, but um, that's not an official announcement, so it's hard to say at the moment. I think at this point we're going to have to we're going to have to start expecting uh, when you say PS4, I wonder if that means PS4 slash PS5. That wouldn't you know, surprise me. Just, I mean, is and every, is a, a lot of PS4, uh, not quite everything, almost everything. Okay. You know, going back to that Grand Theft Auto trilogy thing, um, if you watch that Digital Foundry video, which I, I do encourage people, because every once in a while they, they do a good job. We're talking about Grand GTA again? Just one, one second, uh, because it, when they were doing it, they actually recommended that instead of playing the game, instead of buying the PlayStation 5 version, you play, you buy the PS4 version and play it on your PS5 because it runs better than the native PS5 version. I See, they're doing, they're doing the nerd work so we don't have to. But anyway, so you recommend? I know you re, you really like Shin Megami Tensei. I did. It was actually it's one of the, one of my favorite games that I played this year, to be honest. And um, yeah. I don't know if I would quite say the same for Pokemon, being as it is a remake, and I've played Diamond and Pearl before, but it is really solid. And if you've not played those two DS games, which wholly possible that a lot of our listeners who are younger may not have played Diamond and Pearl, and in that can case, we, yeah. Can we just make one last comparison to GTA though? Uh, because they are both remakes. We, we cannot escape GTA. Well, because it's again, I told you it's a cautionary tale. Um, but you have Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are remakes yes. of the DS games, right? Yes. They're not just remakes. Not remasters, they're full remakes. But you would say that Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl does 
the original games a, a better service than the GTA Definitive Edition? Oh, absolutely, no question. Okay, okay. and do you think part uh, of this again, is again you have to be remakes? playing you have to be playing on an actual Switch, not a you know on an emulator where it crashes. Yeah. Not that I would By know about way, that. From what I understand, that the GTA trilogy runs like. A double S on the Switch, by the way. So I've not tried it. Like, yeah. it, it definitely runs like crap on even the newer platforms. If you set yeah. it to fidelity mode, which is bizarre. What was that game on the Switch that was really terrible? It was uh, what was that game that ran like really crap? It was a port of a game on the Switch. What was it? There uh, are numerous ports of games on Switch on the Switch that uh, run poorly, like really badly though. Like uh, you're thinking of Troll and I. Was it Troll and I? Yes. It's um. It was. I thought it was an open world Japanese game, Deadly something. Deadly, uh, Deadly Premonition Two also runs very very poorly. Like astonishingly bad. Yes, extremely like, poor, extremely bad. So developers matter. Send your kids to school, teach them how to code, but teach them also to draw on paper because you got to have some fundamentals, people. So okay, moving forward from Japanese monster collecting, what's left? No more monster collecting games. What what's next? Uh, all right. So dinosaurs aren't monsters. So therefore, we can talk about Jurassic World Evolution Two. Uh, which, again, I've not had the chance to play. Uh, this is mostly being taken care of by our fellow editor, Nia Bothwell. Yes, she is a dinosaur fanatic. I can attest to that. Uh, her, uh, she, you know, if you've ever been inside her personal space, it's all dinosaurs. I mean, me, I'm, I'm more of a, a, a Turok dinosaur hunter kind of guy. <laughs> like, I'll just shoot him with my <laughs> shotgun. It's fine. I don't think anything exemplifies the different the gender difference on certain things more than dinosaur games. Mm. If uh, if you're an aggressive male character, you want to kill the dinosaurs, and if you're a female generic gamer, then you want to raise them and love them. Mm. So we need to we need to match these two genres together. Turok dinosaur hunter collector. I like that idea. It's pretty which, good. Which which path do you choose? So tell me. So I know this is a big release, actually. Um, there is I believe there's supposed to be a new Jurassic World movie around the same time. I think it's called Dominion. I don't think it's out. I think it's coming out next year. It's not out yet, that's for sure. But yeah, no, it's this is yet another example of building a theme. It's very similar to like theme park, planet coaster, uh, that kind of thing. Basically, you're creating your own Jurassic World. You have dinosaurs who can, can come look at them. Uh, they'll pay you money. Uh, when the dinosaurs get out and eat them all, you'll have to pay money to settle up uh, lawsuits, but that's <laughs> fine, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, expendable. I mean, they, you know, the insurance has done all the actuaries on this. They, they, they know. They know. And that's pretty much what I got. I haven't had the chance to play it. Let me let me double, double check real quick. Would you say this is more like Zoo Tycoon than? Yeah, this is very similar to something like Zoo Tycoon or Theme Park or whatever. I'm looking at the developer real quick, just so we're clear about this. Uh, Frontier Developments. Uh, a lot of roller coaster tycoon games on this list. A lot of Zoo Tycoon games on this. Oh, did they make Elite Dangerous? They did. You're talking about Frontier, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They made uh, Elite Dangerous. I know you're you're a big fan of Elite Dangerous. Remember I that? did. I liked it quite a bit. They also made a game I played a long, long time ago called Lost Winds. Did you ever play that? Lost Winds. That was the WiiWare game, correct? Yeah, eventually got ported to other things. But yeah, it was. It was. I guess the style is very very popular now. That two. That two point five D. Right. But it was. It was a game you could download on your Wii, and it looked really pretty. And that was not a not a not a big thing back yeah. then. Get your dinosaurs zoo hunting on. We sound like we don't know what we're talking about, but I think I think this is just pretty much what it is, though. It's just. A, it's a. It's a. It's a. It's a it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a theme park builder where you have dinosaurs, pretty yeah. much. And we'd have to get Nia on to talk more about it. Yeah, but then she'd never shut up about it. That's, <laughs> so we're, we're, doing every, we're doing everyone a service. So I, I didn't say it, but you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I'm not echoing the right thing that you're saying. 
I think that's it. I think those are the big games for November 2020. There's lots of other little stuff, and I just want to stress, and I think you would agree, that regardless what platform you have, whether it's home console, mobile console, or, or mobile or whatever, there's something out there for you. Yeah, there's absolutely. Lots of you know, stuff out there right now. We say it time and time and time again. This is one of the best times in the video game industry. Anything you want to play, you can find it these days. You can and find it, and, and it probably won't cost you very much. And it's probably going to be pretty good. Like there's a there's a there really is a lot of stuff. Where... There, it, it's difficult to find a bad game these days. Again, like the worst thing I can say about the GTA thing, and we're going back to that <laughs> once again, is that it's not perfect. But I feel like Young Me would have been fine with it. Like it's not perfect, but I'd be pretty impressed if I were like ten. But I also think final thoughts about GTA is that despite the bad handling, despite the bad porting, like you said, and I think even the bad reviews have said this the fundamental game is still there and it's still great. Yeah, like, like, it's you have to really screw up to make, like, San Andreas not fun, and they couldn't manage it. They tried their best to make it not fun by <laughs> making a really shitty port, but they couldn't pull it off. It's still a lot of fun. Can we just say one more thing to Rockstar? Please just make a new Grand Theft Auto. Please just work on it and make it a really good campaign. Please, it's been a long time. Like so, anyway, let's move on real quick. Uh, this is going to be interesting and a little abbreviated. So, we're going to talk about our favorite buddies over at the National Purchase Diary, a.k.a. the NPD. Uh, the NPD used to be the focus of the show. Gracefully, it is no longer that case. Uh, the NPD, Corey, I think you would agree, it's the industry's best and pretty much the only snapshot of what's moving and shaking up both physical and digital retail shows across the country. Yep. Uh, that being said, they're not always accurate, so... All numbers and all listings should be taken with a very big, salty grain of salt and for entertainment purposes only. Yep. Normally what we do is we talk about hardware, we talk about software. Um, I think we can abbreviate the hardware. What's going on in the hardware division right now? What, what sold a lot in October 2021? Would you believe it's the Nintendo Switch? Is it back up top? Yeah, um, and it's back up top because of the release of the new Nintendo Switch OLED model. Has it been successful? Because I remember the last release of the Switch was the Switch Lite, and I don't think that did as well as Nintendo or anybody thought it would. It is difficult to determine because thanks, again, to that supply chain crisis, um, we can't talk about, oh, you can't find them in stores. They're all sold out everywhere because everything is sold out everywhere. But insofar as we can tell, yeah, no, it's been doing really, really well. Nintendo, it's interesting because NPD breaks it up with – they they bring it up to units sold and they bring it up to dollars made – and typically speaking, I think the Switch has dominated, for the mo- with the exception of like last month, it dominates uh, units sold but not dollar amount because it's a lot less expensive than the PlayStation 5. But this month they said it did both, and I assume that's because the Switch OLED is both available and more expensive right. than the base model. And, so. you know, it's like I said in the review I wrote for Pop Zara, if this is your first Switch and you do and you think you're going to be spending a lot of time playing your Switch on the road, like maybe you're flying somewhere now that we're slowly, slowly but mm-hmm. surely being able to do that, uh, the yeah. OLED is an excellent choice. It's very good. And just in general, OLEDs are awesome. Yeah, like, you know, if you've I've, ever seen an OLED TV, they're, they're phenomenal. They're I really was good. thinking today, you know, I was, I was playing Pokemon, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, before we got on this podcast. And uh, I went downstairs and hooked my Switch up to, to the dock to play it on the TV. And I was like, man, this doesn't look nearly as good as it does when I'm playing it in handheld form. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, I mean, the smaller screen does help reduce some of the jaggies. And it helps, you know, sometimes smaller is better. That being said, the Switch OLED is not a new piece of hardware. It's the same Switch, the same innards, same performance, same all that, just bigger screen and, well, big, beautiful screen. Yep. A better battery, right? Is it better battery? No, more it's memory. slightly better. Slightly better. Like, it's not a big enough difference that I would say it's a selling point, but it is slightly better. So, last question about Switch OLED. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you're, you're 
you're already on the RSVP list for the um, the Valve. What is it? The Steam. What is the, it? Yeah, uh, the Steam Deck. Yes, I Steam have. Uh, I have one pre-ordered. Uh, which is twice the price. Uh, the one you want, anyway, the version of that thing you want is twice the price of the, the Switch. The fancy version, yes, absolutely. Yeah, like, and I'll be honest with you, can, can we just make a statement here? If you're going to be playing PC-ish games on a mobile thing like this, you're going to want the best version of that thing. Yeah, Sorry. like if you're going to drop $400 on this, then you have enough money to throw away. Just go ahead and go all the way with it, really. It's like 650 bucks, but It's um, 650 for the really nice one, yeah. But that being said, it still doesn't have an OLED screen. So. No, it doesn't. That's true. So, do you think I, there's going to be an? Old, do you think they'll upgrade the screen to that, or do you think they're going to stick with the old one? No, the Switch and the you know it's funny when they first announced the Steam Deck, there was a whole lot of back and forth. Oh, it's it's just like the Switch, yada yada yada. No. It's not. It's not at no. all. And uh, at all. I don't I don't think Valve sees themselves as a competitor to the Switch. They're not going to feel any pressure to upgrade the screen. No, it'd be nice I, if they did. I think that they don't they don't technically see themselves, but they let other people make that assumption. Yeah, they they're not going to stop people from saying it. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited about the Steam Deck. I was talking to our friend Ben Crossman the other day about this, and I'm excited about the concept of it. Um, I don't know if there's uh, if there's a world in which the Steam Deck is successful, but I know that having that hardware out in the wild uh, is desirable because I know right now the only way to get that is to, is to buy a ch- Chinese knockoff that's probably garbage. Right. So, But it looks it looks quality. We'll see how it goes. But, uh, but anyway, back to NPD and back to Switch and back to PlayStation 5. They continue to be bestsellers. Um, yeah, the Switch and the PS5 did extremely well. But generally speaking, everybody's buying more hardware, which is not surprising given that the holiday season is coming up. The, uh, I, I want Sony and Microsoft to do a better job, though, of making the hardware available. Uh, have you been getting those emails from Microsoft for the Insider program where so you can I don't buy get those, Xbox from them? So I don't get them from Microsoft. I do get them from PlayStation. You do get, Okay, so so basically they can they can do this if they want to. They can make the hardware available to you if they want to. And I think the problem is the hardware is getting out to scalpers, and the scalpers are gating it with abnormally high prices. And I don't think that does anyone a service. Like, I, I think it disservices everybody when they do that. Oh, so uh, fun, oh, funny story, by the way. Back to GTA yet again. They've actually apologized <laughs> for the definitive edition. They told you. They, 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 even pulled, uh, they even pulled the games off Steam for a while. I think they're, they I did, think they're but they, uh, they brought the older versions back, though. So if you want to buy the older versions, you can do that now. Yeah, I don't know if I like that idea necessarily because it devalues the it, – it, what message does that send? I, I, I will say that in true modern apology note fashion, they definitely try to smokescreen things away by saying, oh, no, there's been harassment toward the devs on social media. Mm. It's like, nah, guys, we're not worried about that. We're worried about you fixing what you sold us. Well, can I be honest? You know what's funny? We didn't even mention this, but this has happened before. We saw this exact same thing happen before with Halo. Yep. With a Halo – what was the Master Chief collection? That's the one, yeah. Way back and when it was it was botched. It and was nobody liked nobody liked it, and Microsoft relented. And they they made the original versions available. Sound familiar? Yep. But but you know what though? After five six years, they fixed it up, and now it's yeah, it, it's rock good. solid now. And if the yeah. same thing happens with GTA, I'm all for it. But anyway, enough GTA. Let's move on to <laughs> from GTA to NPD. We keep promising no GTA, so we meet it this time. No more GTA. Yep. So. Let's talk about software. Uh, this is exciting. This is our big meat of potatoes right now. So yep, let's, let's go ahead and knock about, them all out real quick. Yeah. So top twenty best-selling games in October twenty twenty-one, starting from the bottom. Yep. Now a lot of these we've heard of, we've heard before. In fact, uh, looking over this, there's only a couple that weren't on here previously, and you mm-hmm. would kind of you would guess what they were, with a couple exceptions. Anyway, number twenty is Breath of the Wild. Number nineteen, Mortal Kombat eleven. By the way, if you have a new OLED Switch, Breath of the Wild is an excellent choice for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 18 is Diablo 2 Resurrected, which, not surprising, that's doing well. Uh, number 17, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Probably talk about the PS5 version of that. 
Uh, number 16 is Minecraft. Number 15, Animal Crossing New Horizons, which just got a very big update. Yes. But so if you're into that game, it's good news for you. Yeah, speaking of emulators, by the way, so you get a uh, that's it's also it's available on the Nintendo Online additional. What do they call it? Bonus co- uh, expansion pack. Expansion pack, but it yeah. gives you a uh, Nintendo 64 and uh, Sega Genesis. Yay! One concern that I want to mention: um, when you get a new Switch, if you were to upgrade yourself to an OLED Switch, uh, you can transfer all your save data with the exception of a single game, and that's Animal Crossing. Really? So the biggest game that actually needs... The good news is that there's a separate app you can use for that. But yeah, uh, it's not quite as easy as you would expect. Uh, Moving on from there, number 14 is Smash Brothers Ultimate. Number 13 is Ghost of Tsushima. Obviously, we're talking about the Definitive Edition there. Mm -hmm. Uh, 12 is Black Ops Cold War. I would imagine next month it's going to be promptly replaced by Vanguard. Number 11 is Mario Kart 8. 10 and 9 are NBA and NHL, respectively. Number eight is Mario Party Superstars for the Switch, which I've not played yet. It's just a, but it's a compilation though, right? Of the Nintendo 64 version? I believe so, yes. Yes. Uh, number seven is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, a, a very good game. Much better than that Avengers game that came out last year. You know what's interesting? It's so low on the list. Um, I would have thought it would have been higher. Well, it's got a lot of competition as we keep going. For instance, number six right above it, FIFA 22. So it's, it's stiff competition, as I said. Uh, number five is a little surprising and a little a little bit not. Uh, Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, the Hinokami Chronicles, uh, the game based on the extremely popular Demon Slayer anime. I knew that one was going to be big. I didn't realize it'd be this big. Well, we did. We had the same conversation last year with uh, what was that game? Tales of uh, Tales Arise. Of Ar- no, that wasn't last year. That was uh, no last month. Last month. I'm sorry. Last month. Yeah. Again, I, I think it's easy to underestimate how much people like these anime styled games. Well, I think I think it, it parallels what we see in anime itself. I know Sony has been busy buying anime companies. Netflix has been doing anime of its own. Uh, anime has become a very marketable thing in a way that that I don't understand really because it's not new. It's this stuff has been around forever, but for some reason it's become a lot more profitable. We are sl- I mean, slowly but surely, it's becoming a more mainstream thing. And it, as always, when something becomes more mainstream, more acceptable to do around other people, um, it's going to make more money. I mean, yeah. hell, that's the story of video games bottom line like period mm-hmm. like no, I, I think the moment that we could see video gaming becoming a big mainstream thing uh, I think it was 2016 when Pokemon Go was big yeah it still is isn't it though uh, you, it still is yeah people still play it I don't still play it but people do we, we have, we've never talked about it but uh, the same company Niantic uh, didn't they just release the um, uh, what's the other Nintendo franchise uh, Pikmin Pikmin There's they did Pik- release a Pikmin uh, kind of a Pikmin Go sort of thing I've not yeah. played that either I've only seen the trailers for it, but I mean, I do. I've always liked Pikmin. I've always thought it was one of Nintendo's lesser-known franchises that I've always always admired. Yep. So I, I don't know about this though. I just I don't know how that fits. But but anyway, yeah, sweet. Demon Slayer really big right now. Maybe the biggest anime series. So I mean, here we go. We have a game. Give it a shot if you like that show. Uh, number four, Madden NFL 22. Number three is Metroid Dread. Uh, Metroid Dread not hitting number one because it's got again stiff competition. And it's a single platform game. Let's yeah, be single platform here. game. Um, that's true. So the so, competition in question, uh, Back for Blood, the spiritual successor to Left for Dead. I've played quite a bit of it. It's fantastic. And it's a Game Pass game too, which is interesting. Um, that's one of the best parts of Game Pass. You know, it's it, it, back in the day. If I was like, "Hey, friends, I want to play this multiplayer game. I hope you guys can pony up sixty bucks for your own copies." And that's a tough sell. Nowadays, it's hey, you know, drop ten bucks for a month of Game Pass. You can play all kinds of stuff. I want to go back to Metroid though for a second because I I need I don't think we talked about it long 
this is an interesting game because I think it's actually the success story of the month for many reasons. Uh-huh. Uh, Metro- Metroid has never been a bestseller for Nintendo. It's always been an okay seller. Right. You're talking about like uh, Animal Crossing has sold what 35 million copies. You have Mario Kart selling 30 million. You have Odyssey. You have all these Nintendo games selling millions and millions. And for all for all the, for all the love we have for Metroid, it's never been a major seller. Right. And it was very it's- funny right around the time Dread was coming out because. You know, I've said before, I'll say a thousand times, uh, the people who know the least about the way the gaming industry works are the people who play video games. We know this. Like, it's been proven time and time and time again. And there was this big campaign on YouTube, on Twitch. Everybody, you have to go out and buy Metroid Dread. They were doing free advertising for Nintendo left and right. It was embarrassing. Um, But, I mean, did it work, perhaps? Here it is, selling pretty damn well. well. The the thing about it, though, is that I think... um you know, NPD wants us to point out, and they're right, that Metroid Dread has outsold pretty much everything else on the list. I, right. I, I would I would actually say that if we're talking just per, per unit sales, I mean, we're talking about a single-player game on the Switch. I'm sorry, single-player, non-multiplayer component, only available on one platform. And keep in game, mind also, Nintendo does yeah. not share its first-party sales with NPD. They don't. And I believe this is very quickly going to become the best-selling Metroid game of all time. I think that's a low bar. I think the I think it was Metroid uh, Metroid Prime that was on the GameCube. Right. Um, this is this is like a rebirth for the franchise. Yes. Like this is and and that I want to be clear that Nintendo did something very very interesting with this. They have the original female led game. Let's let's be clear. This has always this has been a big selling point for a lot of games for female led games, which has been a which has been a great thing for the game industry. But they never. Now really to be fair, that was not, to be fair. Yeah, that was never a front and center thing about Metroid ever. Never. In fact, it, it was an incidental thing. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at the original artwork, you can tell the game wasn't designed for that. Right. But it was, and I don't think I don't think anybody who claims to love video games has a problem with that. I don't think any. I, I think it's. Immune. I've never heard anybody complain about Metroid yeah. uh, about Metroid being a woman. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but if you played Metroid, which I think you have, I think the game yep. leans more into that aspect of it than more else. But it does so in a way that I think is is. I hate to say this, Corey. This is going to sound really awkward of me. But it really is the diversity I think people are looking for in games. I think you know, it's so well integrated. I feel like that entire conversation in general is starting to die off slowly, but yeah, surely. Exactly. I, exactly. It's not even an it, issue. It, it definitely lacks the kind, of, uh, the kind of weight that it used to have, that's for sure, even a couple years back. I think people are wanting to get back to basics, and that's what we see with games like Metroid Dread. Exactly. Uh, number two, Back for Blood, as I mentioned. Rock-solid <laughs> multiplayer game. Very easy to sell your friends on if you want to play with them because it's on Game Pass. Number one is Far Cry 6, and that doesn't surprise anybody, really. I mean, it's a new, hard-hitting Ubisoft game. You know, everybody on Reddit's going to tell you that Ubisoft games are terrible, and yet every single time they launch at number one. So I don't know who I'm going to believe. Have you played—I mean, I've been playing through Far Cry 6. Um, I played through it as well. I wrote the review. I said it was pretty good, because it is. It is good, but do you feel like maybe the formula is, is kind of done a little bit? No, not really. Um, I know what I'm getting with these games. I— uh, I don't think you need to go into a game with a formula that has worked for so long and change it just for the sake of changing it. I think refinement is the way to go. I think so, too. I felt a little overwhelmed playing it, if that makes any sense. I felt like when I was playing it, sometimes I'll, I'll be in the, the towns or something, and I'm so inundated with things to do. I feel like I'm, I'm getting off track. You know, my favorite game in the, in the Far Cry series is Far Cry Primal. I don't know how you feel about that. I like that game quite a bit. Um, you like Far Cry? It's so simple compared to these newer games where they just load you up with content. And we've had this, I've, at least I've had this complaint before with the Assassin's Creed games, is that sometimes I think the 
the peripheral stuff is so is so much that it kind of detracts from the overall theme of the game. You know, on the one hand, I, I, I can agree with that. On the other hand, I'm never going to be caught on record saying that I want there to be less of a game. Did you ever play Angry Birds 2? No. Not Angry Birds 2, I'm sorry. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies 2? I did not. I skipped that one. Okay, did you play the first one? I did. Okay, fun game. A lot of people like this game, right? Mm-hmm. And the second game was a freemium game. But in order to make it freemium, the, the basic premise was so stretched out that in, in, in the previous game where you would do two actions to get forward, you now had to do 20. I see. And at some, and at some point, it's like, it's like candy. At some point, a little candy is tasty. But if it's all candy, it gets obnoxious. Right. And, I think, uh, and I'm not saying Far Cry 6 is candy or it's obnoxious. But I did feel a little overwhelmed and it felt more like an obligation. And I just, I'm not saying I'm not going to finish the game. I do like the game. But like Valhalla, which apparently is very popular, I, I may be aging out of the franchise. Right. Bit. You are getting pretty sad. old. That is true. Well, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to retire next year. <laughs> you know, it's just, I mean, it just happens when you turn 80. But I will say this, though, Back for Blood, I got one comment on this game, have not played it. I just wish they wouldn't call these things zombies. Because they are clearly not zombies in this game. Uh, I don't think they. I don't think they use the term zombie in the game. They did in the in the trailer. Did they? Yeah. Like huh. a big fat thing that explodes pus is not zombies. But uh, I mean, but it is what it is. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad the friend is it. Is it technically Left for Dead or is it? A it new is. Friend? Yeah, it is basically Left for Dead. Okay, it is literally called Back for Blood. Like so. it, it's not the same lore or anything like that. But who cares about the lore? Not me. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember that show on BBC that everyone loved, um, Top Gear? Yes. And you remember when the same three guys, Jeremy Clarkson and the other guys, uh, they went to Amazon and they created a new show called The Grand Tour? Right. It's like the same, the same, same thing, yeah. Same thing. It's like literally the same initials. So that's that's what we have. And people do seem to like Back for Blood, by the way. People seem to have a lot of fun with it. All right. So interesting month. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff at the beginning. So let us uh, phase out of this just by talking about something real quick. Uh, let's just give happy birthdays real quick to a couple game consoles. So what's the first birthday? Let's take a look here. First birthday. Well, the Xbox, the original Xbox has celebrated its 20th, 20th birthday. And that's cool because, you know, something that big, you know, you worry about being overweight. That reduces your lifespan. But I guess the Xbox <laughs> has been fine. Uh, I remember going to buy the original Xbox. I think it came out the same week as the GameCube. So I believe so, yeah. And can I be fair? Kind of little little thing here. I used to resell them myself. I used I to be one of those people. Um, <laughs> yeah, we bought fourteen of them. Actually, the worst. Yeah, we bought fourteen, and then we resold them, made a tiny profit. But you know what I did? I hired all my friends to go sit out at Walmart to go get them, and we had a barbecue. I see. Yeah, we had, we brought the barbecue. We had a whole bunch of Mountain Dew and everything. And yeah, we just had a good time. It was a lot of fun back then. You could. It was a lot more fun to be a scalper than, than it is now. Oh man, uh, how times change. Uh, additionally. The Nintendo Wii celebrated its 15th birthday. Yeah, I didn't quite have as much fun with that. It was really hard to get away. I, uh, I definitely honest. sat out in the cold in, uh, mm-hmm. I think, November of whatever year it was, uh, waiting for a Wii, and I got one on launch day. Yep, I remember that. Uh, well, I don't remember you doing it, but I remember doing that myself. Uh, it was a lot harder to get, that, though. It, doesn't it feel weird, though? What's your first console experience where you remember really wanting one, but now looking back, it makes you feel old? Was it the Wii for you? It might have been the PS2. I definitely sold a lot of my old, like, Super Nintendo and original PlayStation stuff to get a PS2. That was It was a dumb decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the new is going to be better than the old. Remember? Yeah, and I'm never going to want this old stuff again, I say uh, incorrectly. The Wii was interesting, though. The Wii felt... the, the 
I remember the Wii felt interesting to me. It felt revolutionary in a way. I think the PlayStation Three and the um, the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty did not. Right. I, I think those com- I think the commercials got to me. Do you remember the little commercials of the two little Japanese guys going, "We would like to play." I do remember that. And do you, but do you remember the do you remember the content of the commercials where they just showed regular looking people playing games? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. And then okay. um, then when the Switch comes out, they uh. They show up people like bring it to their basketball game and like take it to the bar and setting it yeah. up and play. Yeah, like nobody's ever done that. What the hell are you talking about? That's all I said. But now it's all mod- it's all back to young models again. It's not it's not because the original Wii commercials had let's just be fair overweight people, pockmarked people, diverse people, you know, older people, younger people, and it was fun. It it felt revolutionary in a way. Quick question: Wasn't the Wii's codename Revolution, or was that the GameCube? Uh, the Wii's codename was Revolution. The GameCube's codename was Dolphin. I believe. Dolphin, yeah. Which, by the way, Dolphin still lives on. By the way, um, but yeah. So, happy birthday to the original Xbox. You, you did a great thing. And for those who don't know, for those who don't know, um, you know the story, though, Corey. The the Xbox was basically the successor to the Sega console family, in name and everything but name only. So yeah. that's an interesting story to explore. If you're a big Sega Dreamcast fan, if you like Sega, wonder what happened to him. It became Xbox, pretty much, for all intents and purposes. Have you seen, speaking of anime, have you seen Arcane on Netflix? So I've heard about it, and I'm a big fan of League of Legends, so of course I'd mm-hmm. want to see it, but I have not seen it yet. So I haven't seen it either. Don't play League of Legends, but a lot of my friends do. And my biggest experience is that most anime shows on Netflix are kind of crap. Can we just say that? Uh, a a lot they, of, like, it, when I hear Netflix original, it makes me shiver a little. Yeah, I think there's a – isn't there a Resident Evil show on there right now? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, there is, yeah. What is it called? Uh, Resident I Evil. I believe it's called Resident Evil. Is it? Well, because I know they're rebooting. The movie looks terrible, by the way. I think we talked about the movie last month. Uh, is it Welcome to Raccoon City? It might be. That could be the one, yeah. A lot of people call this fake anime because it's not actually anime. It just looks I don't like think anime. I've ever heard that term before. Faux anime? Faux anime? Never heard that term. I don't know. It's like the people that you know who can't speak Japanese, who can't read Japanese, but they insist that you call it anime. You know, yeah, like I haven't, haven't heard that either. They don't speak the language, but they speak the accent. Mm. You know what I mean? It's you know, it's like when have you ever seen like Spanish broadcasters? Like when you have like a really, really like anglicized white guy, and he's like, "Ah, oh, no, we're turning to our special, you know, our special correspondent, like Romico Takahora." It's like, no, don't do that. Don't don't do that. <laughs> you don't speak. To, you know what I mean? I really like the artwork on this show. Like, if you've seen the poster for Arcane, it's really pretty. It's pretty in a way that most anime shows are lousy. So, But people like this. Uh, Netflix announced it's getting the second season already. It's been successful. Probably not as successful as Squid Game, but successful by their standards. I see. Have you seen Squid Game, by the way? Um, I've not. I've heard it's good, though. I heard it's popular, so mm-hmm. that's all I know. I haven't watched it yet. No time. See, some of us actually have to work through the pandemic. So I think that's it. Are we are we all set here? Are we done? Yeah, I think we're good to go. Yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. I just want to say thank you once again to my esteemed co-host, our own senior games editor, Mr. Corey Gigaplex Gallagher. Corey, thank you once again. Hey, thanks for having me. Did I say it right? Yeah, you did. I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> Look at that. I've been shamed into compliance. There we go. Uh, that's the best way to do what you want. Let's just say this. Uh, the timing of this means that when you hear this, uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Please stay safe. Please stay warm. We will see everybody in the dregs of December. And with that, see you on the next level. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Popsar Podcast. If you like what you hear, why not leave us a review or rating? 
Not only do we appreciate the feedback, but it helps our ranking and expands our audience. Every little bit helps.